Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab podcast where we interview the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in SaaS companies and scaling them. And today we have the pleasure of interviewing Elat Levy. He is the founder of Fixel.ai, and it's a pleasure having you today here. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Pleasure to be here. Um, I'm originally from Israel. Uh, grew up up and about uh, in South Africa and Italy. Spent a couple of years abroad. Um, I worked in my most uh, positions in different aspects of digital marketing, but my main kind of focus area, I'd say, was uh, web analytics in all sorts and changes and shapes uh, across from Google Analytics and working into some kind of more hardcore measurement programs, uh, working with agencies, brands, the works uh, to kind of build up scalable measurement solutions to help them uh, kind of build out the right advertising task and right organic task and all that. Um, and when Fixel came along with my partners, it felt like a natural connection, build, bringing in my expertise in measurement and being able to, to make things that are actionable uh, from these different kind of data points uh, and building a solution for advertisers. And right. uh, that's how we came along. And so what was the, what was the issue that you found, right? So there, there's a point where, where you realized that there was something missing and what was that thing that made you, you know, the light bulb kind of just light up and, and give you that idea to create this type of solution? Was there something missing between the data and, and you know, or why did you find the, the, the there was what we call some kind of data overload. Okay. I, I was an analyst and I was working with agencies and trying to get different kind of data points to understand how users interact on websites. And mm -hmm. we'd have all these different kind of arbitrary or semi-arbitrary measures of scrolled 90% or spent more than three minutes or viewed four pages and all these different kind of engagement metrics. Um, but they never really made sense. And you had to tie them to specific attributes. It came from this organic channel or that paid channel and all these different kind of connections. And working on, I'd say the, the industry standard and Google analytics, there, there's only so much you can do to analyze this. Right. And you ultimately ended up with either too many lists that you wouldn't work with or one list that wasn't good enough. And we said, we can do this better. We can do this smarter. Uh, we have the tools, we have the technology. Um, so, so we put up all of our joint kind of uh, brains to understand what things we'd want to track, what behaviors we want to understand, uh, which user attributes we'd want to tie them to and, and try to make some sense out of it. And, and we created some big data model that crunched all these into something that's clear, understandable, and actionable for advertisers. Yeah, awesome. and that was, I think, one of our key kind of values creating that, uh, making it simple and making it actionable at the end of the day. Making it simple is huge because there's so many tools out there that you'd like, especially advertisers, which is essentially your niche, right? Your target audience. And, and there's just so many tools out there and trying to figure everything out and keeping everything in one place and really understanding it can get extremely overwhelming to the point where you don't even want to try it anymore. So I think simplicity is, it's a big role when it comes to tools like this, where all you have to do is, you know, click one button and you have whatever it is that you need. Um, otherwise it just gets, it, it gets, 
it's pretty much, it turns into another job, right? So you have to become an analyst in order to start doing all these things. And then you have no time to do all the other things that you have to do. So it's, it's really time consuming, trying to figure everything out. And then there's smart people like yourself and your company that figure out how to do these things for others. And it's valuable. And that's why people are willing to pay for it. And uh, with that being said, I did want to ask how long has Fixel.ai been out there? Uh, well, it depends who you're asking. If you're asking our accountants or our legal, <laughs> they say different things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in our minds, it's been around for a couple of years now already. Okay. Uh, it had different names. It had different uses uh, over the time. It, it, it evolved or pivoted into mm -hmm. what it is today. Uh, I can safely say about July 2017. That's okay ballpark when we kind of understood okay this is what we want to do mm -hmm. uh, and we shifted the product and we we created it into what it is today uh, and we started kind of our alpha group onboarded these clients uh, that were willing to to accept all of our messes and, and failures and right, our right. servers going up in flames <laughs> and different kind of things happening there um, but, but they were willing to give us the, the, the platform to learn and they were mm -hmm. getting that value out of it as well. Um, and the inter interesting thing that after several kind of different products or product versions that we tried around, when we created Fixels, even though we messed up every so often, it was the right fit. People appreciated it. People were willing to accept whichever mess that we made because it brought value. It was crystal clear that, hey, we had something here that's valuable to people and, and we should work on this. We should extend on this and we should make this into a full kind of full-blown product. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And you touched on failures and, and servers going up at the flames and, and whatnot. So as, as you work through this whole project throughout the, the you know, 2017 or however long it's been out there for, what were some of the biggest issues that you, that you came across with? You mentioned that you had to pivot and that's one of the things that we touched on um, on a past interview where he mentioned that pivoting was one of the most important things that a SaaS company had to do because you never know what's going to happen. Right. And, and I mean, we recently just experienced it with GDPR. A lot of companies had to pivot and, and, and change things really quickly because there's risk involved and, and they, they could have lost a lot of things, especially with something like yourself where, you know, you have something that has to do with a ton of data on, on people that are currently, you know, being collected and everything. So how did you deal with not just that situation, but situations where you had to pivot into creating something a little bit different, like, you know, still the same core um, idea, but what were the things that made you change into what you are now? Luckily for us, we were slapped on the face at a very, very early stage. Uh -huh. uh, our original product had the same core algorithm as its base, mm -hmm. but it was able to talk to Facebook Messenger at the time. Okay. Uh, and then Facebook came around and they slammed down and shut down their API. And you couldn't do the same thing, the same interaction that you could try and, and push into uh, Facebook Messenger. And then next we tried to, to use the push notifications and then there were some changes on that. And, and we were slapped hard on the face very early down the line. And, mm -hmm. and that made us recalculate how we're looking at things. Uh, and that's when we started 
thinking about something that's privacy by design, that by its core, we we're future-proofing ourselves ahead of GDPR and upcoming uh, legislation, mm -hmm. such as the California law and such. Because um, this, this was around for a while now. Everyone knew it was coming. Right. Everyone right. acted surprised when it came around. But ultimately, we, we knew about it for years now. Um, so building up our product as, as such that is by design is, is compliant with all these different legislations, we were actually cracking up champagnes uh, when it came out because yeah. we were happy. Yeah. You know, the only ones that made money out of GDPR were lawyers and Fixo. Uh -huh. <laughs> so you played it. You played it perfectly. Then that's awesome. <laughs> there, yeah. What other things would you say are out there at the moment, right? That could potentially cause something similar like that that you're already preparing for. One of our uh, key, I'd say, uh, threats, in a sense, and the one thing that we're working hard to try and differentiate ourselves is what if Google wakes up tomorrow morning and decides they want to build up their own pixel, yeah. their own targeting solution, or, or what if Facebook decides to do so? Mm -hmm. uh, and each of them has their own play. Facebook has its top uh, audiences. Uh, Google has its conversion probability. Um, and they could at any moment decide they want to build these products into something that's more uh, robust or something that relies on more data points and is equivalent to what Fixel does. Um, so we're, we're very much concerned about this and we're thinking how are we different and how are we right. offering something that, again, would be future-proof against these different shakes and, and changes. Um, and, and ultimately, our ability to be agnostic of platforms and to be agnostic of these different changes in legislation and such. This is something that made our, our product simple and made our product, in our belief at least, something that could be used across the board. And if Facebook changes, it would still be applicable, applicable to, to Google or Taboola mm -hmm. or Outgrid or all these other platforms. Mm -hmm. so, so this is our risk mitigation in that sense. Right. But it still keeps me up at night. Mm -hmm. at yeah. And I think it's important to note too that things like Facebook or Google, even when they come out with solutions and they try to keep it as simple as possible, it's not always as simple as like it is user friendly, right? Like anyone can go on Facebook ads and create an ad, but they don't necessarily understand how everything works behind that. And I think with something like Fixel, it would be a way to to kind of battle that is by making it not only user-friendly, but also making it intuitive where you know what you're going to do as soon as you go in there. Like I could tell anyone, go and create a Facebook ad or go create an AdWords ad, right? And they'll go in there and, and do whatever, but it's not gonna be like a step-by-step -step process laid out to them that tells them exactly what it is that they need to do. And they'll get the ad live, but is it gonna do anything, right? So I think the the, the part that really, stands out is the education and making it simple. Like you can go on Google and take a Google AdWords certification, get certified, whatever, do a little test, but is it going to be simple to do? That's, that's the thing. Are you going to be able to understand it? And I think that's a way to differentiate yourself for sure is just making sure that no matter what level of expertise someone has with the product, they have to be able to go in there and do whatever it is that they need to do. And that's going to help you stand out. I think the key issue there, the, the technical aspects are usually simple. Setting up 
an ad account and an ad is simple and any idiot could pull it off pretty much. Yeah. The, the logic usually is, is where things get more complicated because mm -hmm. if I'm running an e-commerce campaign and I want to run my ads against people who visited my website, then technically putting up a, a dynamic product ad is simple, but right. creating the right logic to target these people for seven days and these ones for 14 days and whatever the mm -hmm. heck, there you need to, to put your brain to work. Yeah. And that's where usually most people have these kind of uh, crunches. And, and I think in our case, we're trying to really make that simple. Um, but, but our core kind of, uh, I'd say, competition in, in a sense, isn't people that's, that are using different tools or isn't people that are using other solutions to, to solve that or doing their own kind of uh, analyzing. It's people that aren't doing nothing. Yeah. These people are, are pretty much our hardest audience to convert mm -hmm. because they're not even aware that there is an issue. Right. They're running dynamic product ads against anyone who viewed a product, and that makes sense to them. And because they don't know that, better. Because they don't yeah, know better. We're saying, no, you can do it better. <laughs> you can do it with a couple of clicks. Regardless of using Pixel, you, you can have tons of different audience segmentations out, out there. Right. And, but, but people are just unaware, and that's what bugs me the most. So what? That's, that's a good transition. What are you currently, and I was going to ask, how did you get to, to scaling? What's been the, you know, the, the main channel of advertising or marketing, whatever you want to call it, for Fixel? So what have you been doing to acquire new customers? Uh, we've been very, very busy. Uh, <laughs> 12 different things. I think my, my key takeaway as an entrepreneur would be try to focus because we're yeah. open up on, on too many things at once. Exactly. Um, but I, I think word of mouth, uh, though isn't scalable, mm -hmm. has had an amazing impact. Because people come in, see what they've done, and then they advocate for you. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. You, you, at first, when you're selling your product, you, you're amazed that people are willing to pay for it. But then people are advocating for you, and people are speaking about you. And yeah. you see your name coming up on, on Facebook groups and such, and you're amazed, but that's, that's happening. Yeah. And, and so it's in no way scalable, but it's far away uh, something that, that converts at a far there's higher a, There's a virality effect to it where it just starts yeah. going and you can't really stop it once it goes. And that's funny that you mentioned that you've been mentioned in Facebook groups and stuff like that because I'm pretty sure... I don't remember how long ago this was and, and this was before we spoke or had any sort of interaction online, but I remember seeing Fixel um, AI on one of the Facebook advertising groups. I forgot who posted it or, or how I came across it, but I remember it being there and I never thought that I'd be speaking to you right now, which is pretty cool. Uh, so that's awesome. Um, but yeah, so are, are, with that being said, uh, word of mouth and stuff like that. Do you have any sort of affiliate marketing, uh, referral program or anything like that? Or is it just all, you know, organic, if that's the right word for that? We've tried some affiliate marketing. To be honest, at this point in time, we haven't found it to be uh, successful. Mm -hmm. I think there is much educating to be done around our product. Yeah. Um, so we prefer to do it on our own at this step, kind of, uh, I'd say in baby steps, but we're still building it from the ground up. Um, we've been through Techstars. We've just recently graduated from Techstars Atlanta. And so we have quite a bit of warm intros coming from, from there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and this, again, when we're succeeding with one client, it extrapolates into, into other ones. Mm -hmm. so 
uh, we found that to be working and, and we're bringing them on as we go along and it makes perfect sense uh, for us. Um, and to begin with, our, our playground was in Israel. In, in Israel, uh, my co-founder at GAR, he, he's very well known. He's one of the leading uh, campaigners and lecturers about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we had our door open pretty much anywhere. So we could walk up to, to most brands or large agencies, uh, get their attention, get them to pilot, kick the tires for, the, for themselves. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we've seen fantastic conversions and agencies, once they bought on one client, they bought on the rest. Um, so, so it's really kind of got out there uh, on its own. Um, I think the funniest thing is that the, the agency that I came from, where I was originally brought up, yeah. uh, they were very much against it. And they said, hey, we're, we're doing our own stuff. We're, we're doing our own segmentation. We have our analysts and we have our retainer with a client for, for analysis. We, we can't waste it. We're, we're shooting our own uh, leg here. Um, so, so they wouldn't take it on. They wouldn't even agree for a pilot. And ultimately their clients came to them and asked, <laughs> hey, well, why are we, aren't we using it? That's funny. <laughs> So it was my small victory. I, I didn't want to press them into this. I said, right. At some point. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's great. And uh, what what have been some of the biggest accomplishments as far as Fixel and and what's you know any awards or anything like that that you've or anything that you're just very very proud of. Um, uh, I think we have one, uh, we have several kind of small awards, Marduk of the Year in Israel and all these different stuff. Um, but I think my, my biggest win, at least as a marketer in, in that sense, uh, was being able to, to feature a Fixel on a major blog and, mm-hmm. and get the, that kind of recognition. Uh, we, we were asked by a client if we can uh, support LinkedIn uh, tags. Uh, for, for pushing out these events for the for the solution. Uh, and we looked into it and we, and we saw that LinkedIn wasn't able to, to push out these kind of remarketing events. They only do URL-based remarketing and not event-based. Uh-huh. Um, so, so we dove into it and, and we were able to hack the LinkedIn Insights tag and create some kind of workaround to, to push out our events. Uh, gave it out to the client and then we said, hey, let's, let's make noise about this. This is interesting to, to LinkedIn advertisers. Yeah. So we said, uh, okay, let, let's make some noise, and then we reached out to LinkedIn advertisers on Twitter, and we sent them, <laughs> we sent them Morpheus that says, what if I told you your LinkedIn advertising could be smarter or something like that? Uh-huh. And they responded, and, and it got their attention, and we started talking to several of them, and this ultimately got us featured on AdStage's blog. This was before we That's had awesome. our first global client or anything, or a small startup from Israel. Uh-huh. And, and, and from that blog, we got several signups and people came in and started this kind of mm-hmm. small snowball that happened there. But the most interesting thing, we suddenly got a, a very kind of disturbed phone call from LinkedIn. And they're like, hey, what, 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 what's going on here? Something's yeah. <laughs> happening here. And so their, their marketing solutions team called us up and, and we, were, we explained what they're missing on their platform and how we solved it. And we had a good conversation with very friendly yeah. ultimately. Um, but I think, again, as, as a startup trying to make some noise and PR out of nothing, that yeah. we, didn't have the budget, we didn't have the, the abilities. 
Celtics was a big win. That's awesome. I think having LinkedIn recognize that something was going on is a pretty big win itself. That's awesome. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, if you don't mind me asking, how many current paying clients do you have on, on Fixel? We have uh, 30 plus paying clients, uh, yeah. ranging from agencies to American brands, uh, all over the place. Yeah, but from small sites to, to huge enterprises. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And uh, what are some of the issues? Or actually, what's the biggest thing that you're trying to accomplish at the moment for Fixel as far as something that's on the roadmap? Um, we're trying, I think there's two key kind of issues here. One is, is the product itself. Uh, when we're trying to, to understand whether we want to focus on the, the existing feature set and, and try to educate the market about it or try to expand it and win more market share on, on different things. Mm -hmm. so, so we're kind of trying to balance that act uh, across. Uh, and second is, is trying to build a more scalable outreach or funnel in that sense. Mm -hmm. uh, and be inbound or outbound, but we're, we're trying to, to understand what would be the right way to, to create something that's far larger. Mm -hmm. And as far as educating people, what are the avenues that you're using for that? Are you doing like explainer videos or something like that? Or how, how I mean, it's it's it can be a little bit difficult to explain something like this and it's not something that you would get right away. Right. Or at least most people I think. So what's the approach to explaining? Are you using email campaigns that are kind of just like putting everything, breaking it up and into like step by step, like crash courses, something like that, or is it a video or what, or webinars? I think there's, there's plenty of content that we're creating and mm -hmm. we're trying to, creating that are more, I'd say, step-by-step -step, uh, kind of uh, documentation on, on really everything within uh, Facebook Ads Manager and Google Ads and, and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, and on the other hand, have a blog posts which are more uh, um, discussing different tactics and methods of targeting and trying to get something that's kind of wider. They discuss in general kind of econ targeting and these ones would be more than nuts and bolts of them. So, so these are two kind of content approaches, and we're trying to create some some wider kind of top of the funnel content also there. And, and at the same time, trying to be present in, in every conversation that we're able to, to identify around the topic of retargeting and marketing. Mostly on Twitter, where we're trying to kind of pick up on conversations that are happening and, and try to be active in that uh, without pushing pixel. We're not about uh, going in and saying, pixel, oh, that's not right. that, that wouldn't get the, the opposite impact. Yeah, so you, that's one big thing is you, you have to provide value, right? Before anything, I mean, if you position yourself as the expert and, and really, you know, tell them like, oh, well, you could be doing these things and these things without even no, no, um, without even noting the fact that fixed exists, I think that provides value in itself. And it's a, it's a, like you said, and, and this has stood out to me lately is doing things that are not scalable and that's, what's going to get you to actually start growing and, and, you know, getting from point A to point B is doing things that come from almost, you know, the heart 
and and there's that relationship approach to it where you're actually speaking to someone and you're actually trying to help people once you do that then people are going to be coming to you and then that's when you can introduce flixel in a lot less salesy manner right where they'll actually hear you out and say well you already gave all this value to me and you actually understand what you're talking about and now you come to me and you tell me that there's a solution that can do everything and more uh, yeah, then I'm going to try it out. <laughs> for, for sure. And I think part of it has been our approach to, to support or customer success in that mm -hmm. sense. Because in, in, in the beginning, when we thought about providing support, we said, okay, the, the lower tier kind of uh, pricing packages wouldn't get that kind of full stack support. Mm -hmm. Get some community support or whatever else. But uh, as people came on, we wanted to keep our ear to the ground. We wanted to be close to our clients. Uh, so we really provided them beyond the basic kind of installation and whatever, but really kind of how to use Pixel in your campaigns, how to gain benefit out of it, some insights and everything. Um, and I, I came with my analytics, Edgar came with his uh, understanding of PPC, and people saw fantastic results. And this was a, a main driver of that kind of word of mouth. And when people mm -hmm. keep referring uh, other friends back to us. Um, so I think it's one of our strengths. It's not scalable. I can't be on call with existing okay. clients all day long. Um, exactly. But it leaves a mark, for sure. Yeah. And that's something that Google or Facebook can't do either when you go back to competition is they have okay support right they just whatever so <laughs> and then when you actually get someone that's going to sit there and explain everything with you and tell you how to do things so that you're actually successful i think that's going to be one of the biggest differentiators when it comes to you know if, if the case were to be that google or facebook came out with a product like that is it's for sure. people stay for relationships and that's and not only is it helping with that but it's also helping you keep more people on board if they were to come and they didn't know what they were doing they're going to leave after the free trial, right? Or if, if you right. do provide a free trial, if you, if they come on, even if it's on a free trial and you explain them how to do everything and how to be successful using your product and they're actually successful, they're going to stay and they're probably not going to go anywhere because going somewhere else means that they have to learn something new. They have to learn how to use a new product. They have to set everything up again. And that takes a lot of time. So, and, and just, keeping them involved with whatever and listening to them and understanding what it is that they need is going to help them stay with you for the long run and not just the 15 day trial or whatever. For sure. Um, I think one of our, uh, one happening that uh, we came across, someone came up and signed up to our platform organically. I don't recall even from where and immediately within the, the 30 day trial immediately, it paid up, put up his credit card and converted, and that's great. Um, and we get notifications for everyone to sign up and everyone who creates a segment and whatever else. And we're like, what's wrong with this dude? Like, <laughs> we immediately called him up and said, hey, try it out, understand, let it bring you value. Uh -huh. Cool, take the 30 days, we don't need that money now, okay? It's, it's nice, okay, I won't say no, but... Mm -hmm. You refunded him and you said, guy, give it a go. Okay, try it out. Play with it. Mm -hmm. And they came back and they, they paid us. And it was very, you know, it was very transparent. It was very simple for them to understand. Yeah. And, but, but I didn't feel comfortable with that. I, I was certain that he didn't understand what the hell he was paying for. Mm -hmm. 
we said, hey, well, let's give that uh, kind of uh, attitude a go. And, and I think it's paid off and it's still going. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I That's great. I think it's very personable, very, you know, honest. The fact that you went back and said, like, we don't need the money right now. Take it back. Learn the product. See if you like it. Try it out. And then after the fact, then you can pay. Um, I think that's awesome. And, and it's like, again, it's not something that you can scale. You know, once people start coming in, joining and paying right away, you can't be on the phone with everyone telling them, okay, we'll send a refund and we'll do everything again. So it's definitely not scalable, but it's definitely putting you as a, as someone that actually cares about, you know, the clients and, and, and their success. And I think that's very important, especially with so many SaaS companies coming up, um, you know, left and right, where I think what makes any of them different is the customer service. And, and that's really what it comes down to. It's, it's actually caring about whoever's using your product. For sure. And with that being said, we're coming up here on the 30 minutes. So who or what is one piece of advice that you would give to, you know, anyone that is in a similar position to yours or, or someone that's starting their own SaaS company? What should they be focused on at the very beginning? Since there's so many things that they have to do, whether it's developing the website or whatever it is, right? Creating content. What's the one thing that these people should be focused on and, and just keep going at it until they get that first thing right? What should that be? I think it's the ear to the ground, being able to, to listen to your customers, to understand their pains, to design your product to, to answer these pains. We went about and, and sell, sold Fixel, having a Word document, no website, no, no nothing. Uh, um, but, but it was good. And, and we saw that it's, it's a match to what people needed to yeah. answer the actual pain. Um, so, so I think before a fancy flashy website or all that marketing fluff, I'm saying that as a marketer, uh, you, you should first understand your, your kind of product market fit, what you're creating actually solves an actual mm -hmm. problem and, and then you can build from there up. Yeah. And that's one thing in SaaS is all the websites look extremely beautiful across the board. And uh, it, it sometimes it makes you think, and, and, and this was my case too, you know, like, well, it's, it's kind of like, don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge a SaaS by its website, I guess you could say. And, you know, looking at all these really well-designed websites, but is a product that good? And, you know, it's, it, I think it's a good question and it's a good point that you brought up is make sure that your product is actually solving a problem and then worry about whether the website looks beautiful or not. So I think uh, that's a great point. And then another question, what is your favorite book? Uh, it's better if it's business SaaS related, but if not, that's fine. Uh, I'm now uh, reading in a single breath a... Lost and Founder by uh, Rand Fishkin. Okay. Uh, founder of Moz. Uh -huh. uh, I, I think it's the, the field guide to anyone in the startup world. It's, mm -hmm. it's amazing. Uh, don't, don't read it before you're getting into uh, entrepreneurship because it might discourage you. Uh, <laughs> but you read it to the very early stage. Yeah. <laughs> so you're picking up on all the right kind of advice that he that's awesome. Great. I'll have to check that out for sure. And a lot, do you have any questions for me? Um, I, I think my, uh, I, 
would want to ask, what do you think the, the main area of focus for a, a, a SaaS startup should be in terms of, of a, I'd say, of channels to, to get the message out there from, from PR, organic, paid? What, what, what do you think about the, the different kind of uh, proportions in that? I think I think it depends on on where the company's at as far as you know how how far ahead on the line you've been what you've done so far and what's been successful as well as the audience um, you know a lot of if, if you're going for mainly business owners it could be ideal to look at LinkedIn advertising right because that's where you can literally go and, and target people based on things like title and years of experience and so on if you have more of a b2c then I would say focus on Facebook and Twitter and things like that. But I think the, the the most important thing is having you know the right content, the right message across the board. I think people, if, if you are able to get you know your product out and have people actually understand what it is that the product is solving, it's extremely important. And I think as far as where the 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 efforts should be, um, I think it also depends. Um, on what the goals are, right? If you're just starting out and you're bootstrapped, then you should try to do something and figure out systems to work with organically. Um, for example, Facebook groups are extremely important to be using right now. There's just, it's a place for you to bring people in that are currently interested in whatever you have to offer, right? So for example, the SaaS ad lab, it's people that are interested in advertising for their, for their SaaS company, for, you know, getting their product out there. If you're, for example, Fixel, if, if, if it's people that are advertisers and they want to understand more about segmentation and how to retarget and find the right customers, what better way than to have everyone in one single place and then you can give them all the value that you're looking for. And not only that, but once you get the, the, the group to grow, it's you're more of an just looking it over. And people are helping each other out because there's going to be people with lots of different levels. So you're, it's the cool thing is that you're creating a community where people help each other out. And then you as an expert, obviously you have the upper hand, if you want to call it that, where you can come in and say, you know, well, this is how you do things. And this is how Fixel can come in and, and, and work. And you can have separate groups. For example, if you want to group with all your clients um, and they get a certain amount of information slash value or that you get specific help with how to use Fixel. And then you have another group where it's higher, yeah, higher up the funnel, right? Where, where people aren't necessarily interested in Fixel just yet, but they're, they're having questions around that, you know, topic. And, and that's going to help them understand what Fixel does and how it can help them with whatever it is that they're doing. Um, but I think uh, a good mix of organic content and paid and just mixing both of them, you want to make sure that everything is intertwined and working together. Take a look at the big companies, right? Like HubSpot. Um, they do a great job with their content at providing content. And then they're, they're really using that to drive people down the funnel. They'll give you a free sheet to do whatever it is with their CRM, which is free. Well, now you're going to sign up for the CRM. And once you're in the CRM, they have all these other things that they can help you with, like directory well yeah I want to be part of that um, and then they have well we also have the sales CRM which is $50 a month and we give you all these other things for example and it's a simple solution just like well I don't want to sit here and copy and paste emails well now there's a template that you can just put on here and it'll add everything on there right so it's just right. sure that that you use the right strategies in place for example if you want to to teach people 
about Fixel and how to use it and, and you think that, you know, hopping on phone calls with everyone isn't scalable, well, you could run an ad to a webinar where you've already recorded it and that way it is scalable because then people just sign up and they watch it whenever they want. So you don't have to be in any calls. Um, right. So things like that. And, and I think it depends on budget again. So if you have the right budget, I would say definitely start running ads on Facebook, targeting people that are, you know, advertisers, which is a lot of people um, and just getting them in the funnel. Don't have them pay for anything. Just get them to understand, well, if it's a 15 minute video on how Fixel works and what I can do with it, it's definitely valuable. And, and even if it's more about how do you segment right properly and don't even mention Fixel, just right. use yourself as the thought leader, explain to them, give them answers. And then once they watch that funnel or that webinar, then they get access to a different one where you actually introduce Fixel and tell them this is how it works. This is everything you can do with it. And this is, that's going to make your life a lot easier. So I, I think that's, that's my, my short answer <laughs> to your question. Oh, it sounds good. I think it's, it's definitely in our marketing plans. That's yeah, for sure. Awesome. So I did want to mention a lot. It was very, very kind uh, to give the people that are watching or listening to the podcast uh, 20% discount the first year of Fixel. So we'll have a code in the description of the video and the podcast where you can get that and, and sign up with that. And uh, again, thank you for that a lot. Super kind of you and very generous. Appreciate it. And uh, I do want to say it was a great interview. It's always very cool talking to entrepreneurs in the SaaS space. Uh, it's something I'm very passionate about and love helping people like a lot or just anyone that has questions regarding advertising and things like that. Uh, really, you know, get their gears going and understand how it is that they can use different strategies and tactics to reach the people that they want. Um, so again, Thank you so much for taking the time today on a, on a Sunday. Uh, Thanks for having me over. <laughs> definitely. It was a pleasure. And uh, where can people find you online, Elad? I, I'm everywhere. I'm very noisy. You can find <laughs> me on Twitter. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Medium. I have my personal blog. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much uh, all over the place. Um, but I'm, uh, yeah. Yeah. Look for Elad Levy, you'll find me easy. Yeah, we can we can put your all your URLs in the in the description on there too. So if people want to follow you, talk to you, whatever it is, uh, he likes to do non-scalable things. So if you want to hop on a call with him, hit him oh, up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can find me uh, pretty much on Instagram, and that's really it. Facebook too, and it's Camacho.ftm and Phantom Agency. Uh, Phantom.agency, sorry. And so those are the handles. And if you're a SaaS founder, entrepreneur, CEO or uh, you want to get started with your SaaS, make sure you join the group. It's SaaS Ad Lab on Facebook. We'll get you in there and help you with whatever questions you have. So uh, with that being said, I challenge every single one of you to go out there today and do something that's going to impact your life in the positive, whether it is uh, getting down and writing notes on whatever your next company is going to be or reading a book that's going to light your bulb and give you the best idea you've ever had. Uh, just do something uh, that you're passionate about and uh, we'll end it at that. So. Thank you a lot for, uh, for being on the call with us today. My pleasure. Cheers. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.